It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers enjoy home comforts for the first time this season With St Mirren visiting Ibrox Celtic are in Kilmarnock looking to pick up where they left off last week Hibs, Dundee United and Ross County were the winners on Saturday As Aberdeen players apologise for their coronavirus postponement I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me in the studio Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans Back to basics, the 10 is the number one priority today Rangers need to stop it The millions have been spent on strikers to lend a hand but it's Morelos who plays St Mirren can feel the backlash as he goes for his first goal of 2020 Odson Edwards scored four times against Kilmarnock last season he's central to Celtic's hopes of getting the 10 and there's a multi-million pound goalkeeper to shut the back door as well a draw's a calamity a defeat's a catastrophe off we go First up today is Rangers against St Mirren let's go straight to Ibrox and get the team news with Alison Conroy Good afternoon from Ibrox. Yes, as Hugh says, Alfredo Morelos does start here this afternoon against St Mirren. It's three changes from that game against Bar Leverkusen in midweek. Alan McGregor, he's out through injury. Philip Hollander, he's out after making that one return. One appearance after his return from injury. Stephen Davis, he drops to the bench along with Hollander as well. Just one change for St Mirren from that opening day win against Livingston. Nathan Sherring comes into the starting 11 and Sam Foley is the player to drop out. So Rangers will have John McLaughlin in goal. A back four of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Leon Balogun and Borna Barisic. In the midfield be Kamara, Jack and Davis with Hadji and Kent supporting Alfredo Morelos up top. On the bench for Rangers today it is... Firth, Bassey, Hellander, Patterson, Davis, Itton, Barker, Jones and Arfield. For St Mirren, it'll be Jack Anik in goal. It looks like a back five of Fraser, McCarthy, Shaughnessy, Sharon and Tate. In the midfield, Dermis, Foley, McPherson and McGrath. And it will be John Abika up top. On the bench for St Mirren, Linus, Baird, Erehon. Henderson, McAllister, Jameson, Jack and Mariah. So your referee this afternoon at a fairly windy Ibrox is... Andrew Dallas 55 minutes to kick off The sun is shining A light breeze As you've heard That's your weather report What about the report For on the field Gordon DL We're looking forward To two massive games In the Premiership This afternoon I've got to be honest Gordon I think it'll be A routine Sunday For both Uh, I fancy Rangers Strongly I watched St Min last week Played well Clean sheet Uh, It was a good victory Especially with Their next two games Coming up Today Ibrox And then Celtic As well So it's going to be A difficult start For Jim Goodwin Brought in New defenders, good experience They will try and make it very difficult But on paper I think the Rangers will win that game And obviously down at Rugby Park Never an easy place to go But the fact that they've come off the 5-1 victory against Hamilton And no Rangers are the early starters I think that'll spur Celtic on to a victory I've got to agree uh, with Daz there I think Rangers, you know, reverting back to their team that they had last week at Pedodre I was fairly impressed with how they managed that game um, looked a, a lot more fluid than they did last season Must have met him surprised Morelos is starting the game I, I, I thought uh, he might uh, start the game on the bench um, And as for Celtic at, at Rugby Park You know you can't see them not going there and winning After the history the last seven games I think they've won the last seven So you know a fairly tough place to go But Celtic have got enough in the locker But certainly for Rangers I think Jim Goodwin Set up his team Very good New back four But I think he'll find it tough today The Morello situation Is becoming intriguing Reportedly 
Rangers turned down another bid from uh, Lille over the weekend Reportedly, Lille are getting a little bit hacked off with the whole business Now, Rangers have spent millions on uh, Roof and uh, Ethan I believe that they need to sell Morelos to recoup that money Now, Morelos hasn't scored in 2020 People are remarking upon his sluggishness uh, And I think he's in there today To keep him up to speed Get a goal The first of 2020 Because if Lille walk away Is there anybody else there? Uh, Interestingly I noticed Lille have been hit with some Financial fair play uh, restrictions as well But we'll we'll watch that situation with interest See how that unfolds Uh, I mean already on Twitter we tweeted the team A few Rangers fans getting in touch with similar thoughts Pop for instance just says Amazed Morelos is starting I'd give him 45 minutes If he's not doing it or looking unfit I'd be taking him off Hopefully the Morelos we know turns up um, but I would have gone for Itten um, Because that would be the difference today Thursday night was a little bit different Because there was no other striker there There was no other striker available And therefore the case for him starting was a bit stronger uh, But yeah. today um, Cedric Eaton's waiting in the wings Well I, I think it's shifted now that Rangers uh, Probably some Rangers supporters are thinking You know Or a couple of weeks ago Don't risk him You know I could scupper the transfer I think after watching these last two performances Rangers fans are saying Well this guy is is basically giving us nothing up front. I I must admit, last week I know he gets labelled with us a lot. He did look like he was a wee bit heavy. Um, I I, I don't think he looks in the best shape. Uh, and I think Rangers fans are looking at these two new signings, especially Etan, who's ready to go. Hugh mentioned that yesterday that he scored a hat trick last week. Why not play him? Why not play him at home and and get ninety minutes under his belt? Um, because Morelos again. I know it was a, a difficult game on Thursday night, but he offered he offered very little on Thursday night. But how so. do you attract big money, Mark, for him if, well, he's, if he's not in the team? You can't they're, tell they're me they're that you're going to attract. Uh, you're going to attract in the first two or three games of the season. If you're going to attract, you know, uh, buyers is from what he's done last season. So I don't think you're going to get it from playing him at home against St Mirren. I don't. I don't think they'd have brought in two centre forwards who uh, the, the the money. If they don't know their deal's got to be done, and I know, and what you said at the top of the show is correct. Um, obviously, there's worrying times that you, you need to get them out to get the money to recoup the money that they, they put out there. He looks to me that uh, Mark saying he, he looks like he's car. He is carrying a little bit. He's overweight. There's mm. no doubt about it. He's overweight. He's not match fit in the sense of sharpness. Um, everybody talks about body language. He doesn't look in. I don't buy all that nonsense. Um, everybody's got their own um, sort of a personality He needs a goal, of course uh, Me personally, if I've got a deal done for Morelos There's no chance in the world I'm risking yeah, that but, I wouldn't but, be playing but him But if a deal's been done, then he should be away It's quite simple, if a deal's done He should be standing somewhere with the other club's scarf above his head For the photographers Yeah, but sometimes it's not quite as easy as saying right. A deal, well, the French transfer window's not fully really open yeah, yet anyway, so. Gordon, the, the problem with the modern day thing is now you're not just talking about maybe one agent, Morelis's agent. There'll probably be two or three agents involved in this. And sometimes a, a, a transfer takes a bit longer. Now, would Rangers take the gamble, Hugh, of bringing in two centre-forwards on the money, uh-huh. transfer money as well, at wages, with the risk of Morelis still being there for another season, with Defoe as well? That would be a massive yeah, risk for My answer to you is yes. Yes, they would. Because this 10 business has got Celtic and Rangers 
Demented But financially uh, Is that liable They could do that They could do, do that financially In the way that the Rangers are They assume This is my reading of the situation They assume Morelos goes And he pays for Hadji yeah. E10 And Roof uh, But I repeat If a deal had been done It'd be away And I think they're playing a dangerous game Because he does look overweight He hasn't scored a goal this year in the league He's got in one the league, league. In the league mm-hmm. uh, And I think he's in the team today To keep him ticking over Because also on Thursday Stephen Gerrard said He's obviously got this whole Transfer business at the back of his mind Well if that was the case He'll still have it at the back of his mind This afternoon But Rangers have to keep him ticking over Have to keep him high profile Have to hope he starts scoring goals Because if Lille do walk away you had better attract someone else Having said that This is football He has shown in the past That he more than knows His way to goal It's not exactly inconceivable That he gets a goal or two This afternoon And all of this stuff Becomes far less important It's almost the longer It goes without a goal mark People are people maybe Building it up to be something That it's not Yeah um, I mean Said yesterday That strikers thrive On numbers and goals And Morelos is no different And that's where He gets his large Estimation on his transfer Um but Hugh is right in a sense The longer it goes Without a goal Then He's I, I do think he's His uh, transfer value Decreases ever so slightly And I don't think it, it Helps the shape he's come in uh, Came back from pre, uh, From close season um, So it, Again It is surprising That He would He would play today After Steven Gerrard Coming out after the Leverkusen game And saying Look everyone knows His head's been turned Why would you Why would you start him again I mean if Eaton Is Is fit and ready to go And he is one of your replacements That you've brought in Thinking Morelos is going Why wouldn't you start him today Well I think you start him Because uh, You Realise that He is capable of being A prolific goal scorer He has certainly had a barren Time of it But He is there He's still employed by Rangers uh, the roof cannot play He's not fit enough to play uh, Eaton I don't know why He's not there As I say Scored a hat-trick In his final game In Switzerland um, By all accounts A, a, a prolific goal scorer But I, I Personal opinion I think Morelos is there To keep him ticking over Keep him motivated Hope that he starts to score Regularly again And you're keeping him A high profile For the transfer market uh, okay, what about the other players today? It's easy to, to focus on Alfredo Morelos too much But we've got a game with other guys involved John McLaughlin in goal, Gordon Noel and McGregor I don't suppose that's going to cause anyone inside Ibrooks any discomfort He's a fairly experienced operator Yeah, and a very good goalkeeper, Gordon So I don't think there'll be any problems there whatsoever um, I was quite impressed in the pre-season games watching him uh, but you're right He's an experienced goalkeeper And uh, he's a very good one So Coming in for McGregor The number one I don't think that'll be a problem uh, I think that Rangers back four Same as last week Jack and Kamara Will just sit there And give the The, the licence for Kent Hadji and Aribo To try and create For Morelos Plus Chip in with their own goals Which they'll be looking to do This season I just think that You take Probably McGregor In that team Right now, right now, without, you know, you can argue Morelis or any of the two centre-forwards, that's a, that's probably the strongest team. Yeah, Leon Balligan 
in particular Mark got a lot of praise for his performance yeah. at Pataudry and rightly so quite simply just ineligible for, for Bayer Leverkusen but he's straight back in today which tells its own story yeah I, I think when you you look at what's the decision Stephen Gerrard had last week you know Edmondson had been playing regularly through pre-season and he decided to put Bargain right into a tough game against Aberdeen away at Pataudry and he came out uh, you know he, he passed uh, that test pretty easily he looks a strong commanding centre half who can stroll out with the ball. Um, fairly impressed with him, so I don't think it's any surprise that he's back in the side today. He'll cruise it. I mean, I, I like his style already. You know, when you, your head battered off the goalpost at Petaudry, <laughs> so so much so that the, the goal mouth microphones picked it all up, um, and then you just shake your head and get on with it. He'll do for me, uh, and he looks a, a perfectly good football player who's played at a good level, and he'll. Stroll it Yeah I don't see Much to argue Against that Hugh Apart from You know I watched him Against Aberdeen Like everyone else Very impressed with him I think he's got A good presence about him That could be a good Partnership But You look at What Aberdeen had up top Last week Yeah uh, Young lad um, Anderson No Cosgrove No main there uh, I'll be interesting To see when he comes up Against the Edwards Of this world how he handles that But so far He's passed every test And he looks a Real good buy Yeah other than that Mark As Gordon says It's probably Rangers strongest Starting 11 Of course you can always Make cases for you know Jack and Kamara In a, in a home game Against opposition Like St Mirren mm. Do you need that Level of protection That's probably just A, a personal preference um, But Joe Rebo Has been exciting Some of the Rangers fans During pre-season yeah. They're hoping he can be more productive this season Similarly Ryan Kent got the match winner mm-hmm. Up at Pataudry last weekend Yanis Hadji Bit of a commitment to sign him in the summer So um, I don't think there are too many other surprises No In the attacking third I think um, Especially Aribo I thought Aribo was outstanding uh, Last week He would have probably got my man in match I know Kent took the, the limelight By scoring the goal And he was pretty lively But I think Aribo How he's looking um, At the start of the season you know, the way he receives the ball, the way he can drift by people. You know, he had a chance to score last week, albeit for a, a an unbelievable last-ditch tackle. Um, he, he looks like he's fulfilling the potential of last year. We've seen it in flashes last year, but I don't think he did it enough last year. And especially when Rangers found it difficult to break teams down, I think people were looking at Aribo to be that man. And I don't think he quite lived up to that. But, you know, going on last week's performance... He certainly looks like he, he could be the man this season to do that What about the challenge for St Mirren then? They did manage to limit Rangers to 2-1-0 victories last season The sides only met twice It was it was 1-0 in Paisley It was 1-0 at Ibrox So they have shown in the past that they are I mean, not, not close enough clearly for Jim Goodwin's liking But I'm sure he'll be referencing that Will he not? Shown that if they are bang at it and they keep things tight That they can cause a bit of trouble well, uh, John Abika will be on his own up front I think he'll have to look a long way back To find another shirt Belonging to a St Mirren player um, What does Jim do? Does he go there with the intent To get a point? Stonewall Rangers? Or does he go there trying to nick a result? Um, I think he goes there To make sure that he Get something out of the game. I, I think a draw. His lineup be... says it all. Hugh. Yeah. Um, I watched him last week in the opening game against Livingston. Um, the new signings bedded in well. Gordon especially at back, clean sheet. That's what they're in there for. Uh, but he's changed his formation. He's well, according to Allison, that he's gone with five at the back. Um, but you've got to say he will have everyone behind the ball. Mm. They are well organised. 
Abika is a threat But Hugh's right Is getting the ball to him It's creating the chances It's getting the back up Getting the support Because I think that St Martin will be in the back foot For most of this game His this team talk was done Yesterday When Hugh made Made the statement That Nicola Sturgeon Would wear an Aberdeen Shirt If St Mirren Got or more likely To wear an Aberdeen shirt Than St Mirren getting anything Like Jim Jim's always Even when he was at Alwa Sets up his team Very well Very difficult to break down He's got experience And relative Well I'd say relative success He still You know Got beat Ibrox But He, he knows how to set a team up There at Ibrox And it, it will be tough but Look, I look what I did for Christian Doidge Never forget <laughs> yeah, exactly. that Look what I did for yeah. Christian Doidge I know what, I know what Mark's saying about He's been at Ibrox before And you know He makes it difficult I think this is a a bigger test today. I think Rangers look with the tweak of the system. I think it suits them down to a tee. Um, it gives them the the three in front of Jack and Kamara license to go and play, find the space, find the passes. I just think that Rangers will be far too sharp for St Mirren this afternoon. Okay, we're going to hear from the Rangers camp and the St Mirren camp next. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. A double header in the sun on a Sunday afternoon. Hugh Keevens, Mark Wilson, and Gordon DL are in the studio. Alison Conroy is at Ibrooks for Rangers against St Mirren. And a bit later on, Andrew McLean and Jim Duffy will join us from Rugby Park as Kilmarnock take on Celtic. Let's go back to Ibrooks and speak to Alison. And of course, Alison, uh, the new normal, one of those really frustrating phrases that you hear a million times a day. Uh, but the new normal at Ibrooks, a massive stadium, of course, with a handful of people in under fairly strict guidelines this afternoon. Yeah, really, really strict guidelines as you would expect. Questionnaire before we turn up, temperature checks. Um, every club's more or less doing the same, and yet we're all in the main stand, further down than we normally are as well, sitting in the seats just behind one of the dugouts. The players are out warming on the warming up on the pitch. Most of the other stands have got banners covering the seats as well because you know it, it, I suppose it kind of brightens it up. A little bit as well, rather than just all, all the blue seats right round as well. So slowly we'll get used to the new normal, but hopefully the new normal, as we say, isn't for too long and fans can slowly get back into stadiums at some point. I think everybody would want that, the players in particular. It'll be a few weeks, Hugh, before we've got a real grip on what impact, if any, having having no fans will have on games because you can't really draw conclusions from one match or another match mm. Celtic played at home of course in an empty stadium last week did it make any difference? not really they won comfortable against Hamilton um, but as time goes on it will be interesting to see what impact it has for instance in the past last season in particular we've seen Ibrooks maybe become a little bit impatient shall we say yeah, yeah. If, if Rangers haven't been getting the job done that, that won't be there today That's that's not an issue But on the flip side Does it make it less daunting For St Mirren Because they're not walking into The 50,000 up against them So again A couple of weeks Before we maybe Get a, a true feel On what impact it's having I think in the cases Of Celtic and Rangers It's different um, Because of this 10 business uh, Rangers know That they have the chance To put Celtic under A bit of pressure this afternoon You know if they win In resounding fashion Everyone at Rugby Park Will know about it uh, as they prepare to kick off uh, So they incentivise themselves The Rangers players and the Celtic players Celtic did it in front of an empty stadium last week Scored five times Yesterday's matches Three away wins So well done to those Dundee United Hibs 
Ross County They incentivised themselves uh, And in particular Hibs Who had the result of the day So you have to create Your own intensity And I have no doubt uh, I'm not going to go back to Nicola I'll leave her alone now <laughs> uh, I have no doubt that Rangers will be Fully focused They know what they must do And I think they will do it But again Maybe there is something in that Three away wins yesterday We saw the numbers come in from the German leagues And the other leagues that restarted The stats point you in the direction of believing That there's more chance of winning an away fixture With an empty stadium Yeah And that's, that's that, 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 I don't yeah. mean specifically St Mirren um, but, but in general And maybe that is what we saw yeah, yesterday Yeah it's strange I mean it's, it's always been argued How much a, cr- a home crowd Helps you to perform mm. You know And especially at Celtic Park In the European nights I think we've argued What what influence does the crowd have On away teams Like it's there They're in black and white The German league Yesterday For example I can't see it working today In St Mirren's favour But the the thing about Rangers And Celtic You're always You're always You know Ask the question when you go there Can you perform Under pressure In front of a big crowd Handling the crowd Is a big thing well, obviously, it's slightly different mm-hmm. now. Can you just perform with, with your ability? Never mind managing the crowd. And that that's a difficult thing. You know, just managing your own performance, no pressure for the crowd, but just showing what a talented player you are. And, I mean, they, they, most of these Rangers players have been there for years. Balogun, the, the exception. McLaughlin, probably the exception. But it must be a surreal oh. atmosphere, a, a surreal... Experience well, God, that's, uh, It can work in a number of ways though yeah. Because say Conor Goldson Or John McLaughlin Or James Tavernier Is playing risky passes Out from the back mm-hmm. And it doesn't come off They don't have anyone To get on their backs And they, they don't have that, that nervousness So they might be more willing uh, To try it again and, and play a bit more relaxed On the flip side If Rangers do feel A bit lethargic And they would be relying On that 50,000 to, to give you lift That won't be there either So it, it can work In a number of ways I think it does work In both ways Gordon Because the, For instance Rangers Used to play in front of 50,000 Ibrox Every second week or whatever it may be uh, And the pressure is on I think you look at One or two of their players You know with the flicks And trying things that They probably wouldn't do in front of 50,000 I'll tell you I'm, I may be wrong in this right I think it's helped Aribo I think he's been absolutely sensational Because he's now playing And expressing himself with a freedom And Probably in the back of his mind he's thinking Well I can go there and play And play my natural game Without worrying about 50,000 And I think that's helped him I really do mm. um, and, and and when the crowds do come back I'm sure he'll kick on for that But I think this has been a little bit of breather Because he's shown form That he's not showed before But it works both ways And St Min will be looking at that as a positive But even with no crowd today At Ibrox With this Rangers side The way they're going about their business I can't see any chance for the, the, the one thing you can hear loud and clear in a stadium devoid of fans, you can hear Stephen Gerrard and you can hear Gary McAllister giving you what for. If you are Connor Goldson and Leon Balligan and you are trying dodgy passes, you will know hmm. without a shadow of a doubt what the manager and his assistant yeah. just thought of that. One man's not as loud as 50,000 though So it'll be interesting to see Let's take a, a moment and hear from both camps 30 minutes away from kickoff. Rangers defender Leon Balligan Has been giving us his thoughts I've read a hashtag Stop the 10 Something like that uh, And the number 55 is a very big one And I think that's a pretty clear goal And obviously um, The 
club will do everything to, to accomplish that or to achieve that. It's a different demand, a different mindset around everybody in the club actually of how you train, your performance in training, what actually, like the statistics about training and the professionalism, and I've been uh, at some clubs, um, it's just on another level again and I really, really enjoy it. Like it's a different competitiveness in, in every aspect actually. And it just helps you to keep on top of your game because you just never rest, you never switch off. And if so, then you're in trouble. The thoughts there of Leon Balogun. What does Jim Goodwin think ahead of kickoff? You know, I think the the real focus for Rangers this season and for Celtic in that matter is is the league. You know, that's the bread and butter this season. They'll be doing all they can to try and stop Celtic doing 10 in a row. And Celtic, on the other hand, will be making sure that they do what they've been doing up to now and try and go and get that 10th title. So... We, uh, we don't expect you know, Rangers to be too low on confidence. I expect uh, them to be really at it. I've watched a number of their games during pre-season. They seem to have came back in really good nick in terms of the fitness-wise of the players and in terms of how they're popping the ball about. So, you know, it's going to be a really, really difficult afternoon, but hopefully we can get the game plan right and go there and cause them some problems of our own. It's been such a strange time. We've been out of action for... Many months Rangers have, have now come back And played competitively last week Then played in Europe Hugh, where, where it was tough And they lost Just one or two changes it, What impact does Europe What impact does Thursday night have on today? Any? None None whatsoever uh, I think if you've been realistic Rangers get the run around From Bayer Leverkusen Because Bayer Leverkusen were too good uh, And Everyone accepts that There's no point in going on about it They are potential winners of the tournament Particularly if they get passed into Milan uh, So Rangers were outplayed Today They are the Bayer Leverkusen And St Mirren are the Rangers of Thursday night They are Far More talented Than the St Mirren players With the greatest respect And they have to Show the gulf in quality between the pair of them And if they don't It's their own fault Because they're the overwhelming favourites I've got to be honest uh, And Thursday night um, We were in here watching the game I thought it was more like a pre-season friendly Than a, a Europa League tie in, in the final stages of the competition um, I expected probably Rangers to go for it a wee bit more But they sat back Daz got it Well, mm-hmm. Daz had his tactics spot on yep. um, So I don't think it will have that big an impact today I think if, if it was a slightly more Higher tempo game um, uh, And there was more to play for For Rangers It may have had an effect Heavy legs And you may have seen some changes um, I know Balgan's back in But I don't think it'll have any effect On the players legs This early on in the season Yeah no effect for me Gordon It's too important a game Every league game now Is so important Especially at home It'd be unthinkable For Rangers to drop anything At Ibrox against St Mern. Um, I think St Man will love their own battles um, with other teams But today, I think they'll make it, try and make it very difficult But I just think Rangers get too much quality Front four And I'm looking at Morelos and big talking point I see him scoring today One of the things that characterised Rangers last season was They had terrific European results And Steven Gerrard can be proud of what he has done in that regard And then came all the daft moments Winning at Kilmarnock, losing after 90 minutes, 2-1. Rangers nil, Hamilton Ackies won at Ibrooks. Are you kidding me on? And that's why there were 13 points between Celtic and Rangers. Periodically, after the midwinter break, Rangers were woeful. Now, today, 
They know they must not have any slip up against St Mirren They must hope that Celtic on that pitch at Rugby Park uh, Encounter some difficulties But the one thing they have to do first and foremost Is take care of their own side of the bargain And that means no daft moments Similar conversation to what we've had for the last couple of seasons Three points, obviously the priority That's you know results driven business and all the rest of it You only get three points for a win But just the nature of the fixture And again I'm thinking back to Celtic against Hamilton last week Is there an onus on Rangers to go out and, and do this in particularly convincing fashion? Well I, I think it was you who says last week That uh, if you get, what was it, 30, 36 or 38 1-0 uh, victories Then nobody will care But I think fans Do care about performances Especially when you're at home Against a team like St Mirren Your Hamilton Your Dundee United Coming up I think fans do care How you perform You know we've seen last week How happy Celtic fans were That was a convincing And resounding victory With all their top guys Edward scoring a hat trick Everybody else chipping in You know Forrest played well McGregor played well I think it's the same For Rangers today uh, Listen If they get a 1-0 victory I'm sure Steven Gerrard will be happy with three points But I'm pretty sure he'll come out after the game And say look we weren't up to scratch And we need to get better um, Fans want to see a, You know a commanding performance Particularly at home this early on in the season That's why today is important Yet three points is the be all and end all But if you can add into that a, a resounding performance That's slick and it's attractive on the eye then it's, you know, it all adds up. I think you've all made it quite clear that you think it's going to be tough for St Mirren. So let's mm-hmm. let, let's not bother hammering that point too much. How beneficial for them is it, Gordon, to at least go into this in a good place? Because they've got a good win under their belt. They were already feeling good about the business they had done in the summer. People have already, from the outside, acknowledged that the defence looks like they've made some shrewd signings there. They kick off the campaign and, and they win Again yes Going back to what you said Of course it's a big challenge But they could be going into it In a much worse place They'll be feeling good about themselves Of course they will uh, I think they a lot of positives Because They played a Livingston team That everybody knows How difficult they are to beat But they've got off to the worst start possible Getting beat yesterday with Hibs as well um, And they got a clean sheet With new defenders That Jim had brought in Purposely to say Well I want to make sure That we're very difficult To break down I like the way that St Mirren have went about the transfer business. I think they've brought in good players. And all of a sudden, looking at St Mirren team that were fighting relegation last year, I don't think they'll have that problem. Uh, so they will go there with a game plan. They'll be well organised. And if Rangers aren't at it, I like a beak up front. I think if he can get the ball and create a chance for him, I think he knows where the back end is. But I just don't see that happening because of what is at stake. Celtic playing later on. I think it's up to Rangers to lay down a marker. But Jim Goodwin will be saying, look, we're not just here to make up the numbers. We've got off to a good start. We've got three points in the bag. The most important thing for these teams is basically getting your first win under your belt. Because when you look at that fixture list coming out, you've got Livingston at home, you're away to Rangers, and then you've got Celtic, the visitors. So you really had to take your first three points early. Anything you can get out of these games Is a bonus for St Man. Yeah I mean I think we have to come down to The gulf In class Between the two teams here And you know, as I said yesterday Jim Goodwin's a pragmatic man He would not dispute That there is a gulf in class Between St Mirren and Rangers It's quite simple If Rangers play as they can Rangers win I think you'll see a uh... A stark difference between the way Hamilton set up at Celtic Park last week 
to what St Mirren will set up today I think Hamilton were attractive in the eye for the opening part of the game left themselves open uh, and Celtic picked them apart I think Jim Goodwin known Jim and the way he set up his teams in the past and been to Ibrox before I think it'll be a lot more uh, of a solid unit and making Rangers work exceptionally hard to break them down I think that's the way the game will go but ultimately I think Rangers have got the quality I think a big point today If you're St Mirren You're Jim Goodwin Doing your homework You look at last week's game uh, Against Aberdeen with Rangers And the one thing you don't do And go to Ibrox Is play a high line Because obviously Morelis has got this You know Last week coming in deep And then you've got runners Going like Ken Hadji or Ebo So I think they'll have done His homework He'll drop off He'll try and limit the space And make it very difficult And maybe look for a set play Or a counter attack but it will be a difficult afternoon. Two big games in the Scottish Premiership. Rangers against St Mirren first up. That's coming up 20 minutes time. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 15 minutes to kick off in the first of two big games in the Scottish Premiership this afternoon Ibrox is the venue for Rangers against St Mirren and then at 4.30 Rugby Park for Kilmarnock against Celtic it goes without saying Hugh the closer we get to kick off at Rugby Park that's when we'll really turn our attentions to that one and the build up but with uh, a bit to go what are your early thoughts ahead of that game? I will apply the same logic that I've applied to the Rangers St Mirren game there's a golf in quality between Celtic and Kilmarnock There's a horrible pitch at uh, Rugby Park Celtic have had the, their upsets there They've also had their triumphs there I come back to the, the same logic Celtic are much better than Kilmarnock They should win Yeah, I have to agree I mean, especially the way Celtic played last week I thought they were uh, I thought they were exciting They were, they were easy in the eye going forward now, if they apply the same kind of attitude and tempo that they did last week, I, I can't see there being any problems. You know, Kamarnik coming off the back of a, a, a tough away trip to Easter Road. You know, Dickimona, the T sign through the week for yep. them. I wonder if he'll go straight into the team. But again, last year, I wasn't, I wasn't that impressed with him. If I'm honest, at hearts, I don't think Celtic will have any problems even with that surface today. I'd be very surprised. I think. Uh... Okay, it doesn't mean a lot of our predictions. A lot have got Kamarnock down near the bottom. And uh, I think that will be the case. I think that Celtic will go down there. I think Rangers will win comfortably. And I think Celtic will win comfortably. You know, Celtic will know by then, Gordon, um, what's going on at Ibrooks. I, I think we'll have a firm idea of where the points are going by the time Celtic kick off. Therefore, for all of this season, Celtic and Rangers are condemned to live in a private world. Where one is desperate for the 10 And one is desperate to stop the 10 They know Douglas Park in the Ibrox boardroom knows Peter Lawwell in the chief executive's office At Celtic Park knows what it means To the supporters of both clubs They dare not fail their fan base And therefore every game Whether it's a Saturday, a Sunday Celtic play on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock Against St Mirren in Paisley Odd time But isn't everything odd nowadays It doesn't matter where It doesn't matter when It doesn't matter at what time A draw is a calamity A defeat is a catastrophe About 30 minutes or so to go Until we find out the Celtic team Are you 
Unanimous in your view That the new goalkeeper plays Or does Scott Bain stay in goal? Must play uh, Barkas must play I think that uh, the decision to buy Barkas is a slightly strange one for me. I'd have gone for David Marshall, knowing that he could have done a good job and spent the £5 million elsewhere in the team. However, they have pushed the boat out. They're always accused of the biscuit tin and all the rest of it. But Celtic have pushed the boat out. £5 million goalkeeper. If he doesn't play today, why not? Would would the pitch come into consideration today, Hugh, and decide just to leave him for Wednesday night? Well, if he can't play in artificial surfaces, I, I, I know, but he's just in, he's just new to the club and everything, and you know he was new. You would have thought he would have been right in against Hamilton. Yeah, it's you, almost like looking for that perfect excuse. So if you say last week, well, it was too soon. He was only in a couple yeah, of days, so we'll leave it. Pitch, and yeah. now it's the pitch, and you think, okay, you know, it's okay. not that he cannot. Wednesday six o'clock, we'll leave it to. Uh, it's not that he. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that he physically cannot play on on the surface. Just whether that's no. the ideal. Venue for a debut there was, there was a clip of him uh, I think A couple of days ago Training on the AstroTurf At Lennox Town So I don't think The, the pitch would ever Come into Neil Lennon's uh, Thinking on, on that one But Like you say I think he's got to play If he If he doesn't play today Then If you're a Celtic fan You're thinking We've, we've spent almost Five million quid on this guy When is he going to play The Champions League qualifiers Are just round the corner Is that what it's really about Is getting him up to speed For that it's Because be. Let, let's be yeah. honest If Scott in, in isolation today If Scott Bain plays It's not the end of the world you know, We're seeing things like no. He's got to play I mean It's not that big a deal If he doesn't Obviously But is it about uh, With a view to the Champions League games well, And the bigger games Yeah the I, I think if you spend uh, If you're Celtic Ranger If you spend £5 million on a, a or, or close to £5 million On a player um, You usually kind of regard that With a striker And an attack midfielder When you spend it on a goalkeeper you know, he, he's got to play from, from minute one. Okay, might have been too soon for him last week, but the Champions League qualifiers are huge. They're, they're huge every year, but especially this year with the amount of money that the clubs have lost. To get into that Champions League is huge for Celtic. And you want your £5 million goalkeeper to be up to speed and know or or have a connection with his mm. back four. I hate I, that. I want to know... That this guy can handle everything If I'm Neil Lennon I want to know that he can handle Synthetic surfaces And ordinary grass I want to know that he can handle K.R. Reykjavik At home In the uh, Champions League With no fans there I want to know that he can handle Rangers games I want to know that for £5 million I've got myself the real deal well, So get in today And let's have no more talk about it Well the only thing I'll say in that Hugh is For £5 million You should know That he can handle all that you know, you've brought him in You've probably done as much homework as any other player It's a big investment for a goalkeeper And you're right, they could have went the other way And brought in a David Marshall mm. You'd have been happy with a signing like that And used the money for outfield players But for £5 million I would imagine Neil Lennon does know he can handle it well, uh, Right, we'll go back to that in due course Because of course the game doesn't kick off until 4.30 10 minutes away from kick-off at Ibrox though Rangers up against St Mirren The theme around Rangers attack at the moment Every conversation you hear revolves around Ryan Kent, Joe Rebo, Players like that Yanis Hadji becoming a bit more productive In terms of numbers Can you set up more goals? Can you score more goals? And unfortunately in this part of the world You can't help but, but compare them to the rivals Can you do what Ryan Christie does? Can you do what James Forrest does? Can you do what Callum McGregor does? Because we know Alfredo Morelos got a great goal haul In the last couple of seasons Who's there to back him up? Are these the types of fixtures On the immaculate, massive playing surface at Ibrooks 
when you're overwhelming favourites that, that really these guys need to, to step up yeah. and produce You've something. got to uh, And I know Rangers fans will probably not like the comparison to, to the other side of the city But you've got to if you're, if you're looking to stop 10 in a row You've got to compare your players to, to what's won the previous nine league titles And guys like Christie, Forrest, McGregor Who back up Odson Edward Do it every season For these guys Kent, Arebo, Hadji this is the season they've got to back up Morelos Well, uh, Morelos could be out the door So if it's Eten or if it's Roof Who, we don't know how, how they're going to You know, take to this league These guys know the league from last season And have got to step up That's why, I was surprised last week When we were chatting about Kent And saying he, he doesn't really set targets I think as a winger An attack midfielder or a forward You've always got to have targets If it's 10, 15 goals a season If it's, you know, double figures assists I think that's what you strive and work towards Quite an exciting prospect for the Rangers fans Gordon They may well get a look at Cedric Eaton today You'd be surprised if we don't Because many people expected him to start ahead of Morelos But now mm. we know that Morelos will play from the beginning And then there's no hesitation there If it's not working out for him Or Stephen Gerrard gets the side in a comfortable enough position To see Cedric Eaton Why not? You'd imagine we'll see his debut at some yeah, point Yeah I'd be very surprised even if Morelos has a good game And say he gets back scoring goals Gordon I think you will see the new signing at some point today. You're, we're, we're touching on the attacking threat of Rangers. Obviously, he'll be included in that with Ken Hadji and Aribo. I think the, the attacking threat comes from the two fullbacks right away. I think that in the modern day game, if you look at Celtic last week against Hamilton, the two fullbacks from Pong Taylor played like wingers. I think Barisic and Tavernier have got the quality. To do that as well And the fitness to come down the pitch So as much as we are concentrating on three or four The three, you know, Kent Hadji, Rebo and Morelis up top I think a big threat for Rangers and Celtic nowadays Comes from the fullback areas And when you look at the benchmark There is no Kemar Roof today Stephen Gerrard said that He advertised the fact that he's seven to ten days I think behind the rest of the squad in terms of fitness so no surprise that he's left out altogether No, I don't think so I think this is important that they get it right in their pre-season Pre-season is a hugely important thing for a player um, 7 to 10 days, people think, well it's only a week You know, surely he can be in, uh, sitting on the bench and come on But I think, uh, you know, if you miss that base fitness It can affect you throughout the season So Stephen Gerrard's entirely right to say Look, we'll give this guy a week And then we'll get the best out of him throughout the season Yep, uh, I look forward to the game starting now uh, I love it that, that when they both play on the same day I love it that one starts before the other one it, The build-up and tension is quite something I agree with uh, Gordon Dale that, that there is potential there For a relatively simple day for Rangers and Celtic Now the potential has to become reality Two big games in the Scottish Premiership First up is Rangers against St Mirren And kick-off is next this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, And it is full time at Ibrox in game one of today's Premiership action Let's get the full story with Alison Conway Full time at Ibrox, Rangers 3, St Mirren 0 Alfredo Morelos with a second half at double for the home side On the first home game of the new season St Mirren were really... With the season, the first half, you know, Rangers with the bulk of the possession. Jack Anik, though, a lot of good saves to keep St Mirren in it early on, denying Hadji, Morelos, Morelos a couple of times as well. But it was an own goal in the 23rd minute that put Rangers ahead. Connor McCarthy's took um, 
deflected Alfredo Morelos' powerful cross into his own net. Soon after, Ryan Kent's 20-yard shot went just past the post. And then before the break, another great save from Anik, pushing away James Tavernier's volley into the second half. And St Mirren did have their first chance of the game, but Durness's free kick was easily gathered by John McLaughlin. Then Ryan Kent's curling shot went past the far post before Alfredo Morelos made it 2-0 in the 70th minute, heading in from James Tavernier's corner. Three minutes later, he made it 3-0. Poor defending and Morelos was there to tap the ball into the back of the net. Both sides using all five substitutes this afternoon before Jack Anik had another great save into injury time. Calvin Bassey's shot was saved on that occasion as well. So it was a comfortable afternoon for Rangers. They've got all three points and a clean sheet. Full-time Rangers 3, St Mirren 0. It's full-time at Rugby Park. Let's get the story with Jim Duffy and Andrew McLean. Kilmarnock 1, Celtic 1, the full-time score from Rugby Park. Neil Lennon's side dropping points in just their second game of this Premiership season. Well, it was a successful start for them in this game. They opened the scoring just 11 minutes in, and it was a Ryan Christie free kick 30 yards out. Kilmarnock didn't form a wall. It was good invention by Christie. A left-footed strike, really powerful, bounced just before Danny Rogers and nestled right into the bottom corner. There will be questions about the defending and the goalkeeping on that one, but a great strike from Ryan Christie for that one. Nicky Kabamba was the key man for Kilmarnock today and his physical presence up against the Celtic defence caused real problems 23 minutes in he got behind Christopher Julian and when he was penned in at the byline by Julian and Brown great great feet from him he got away from Julian dinked it past him and Julian could only take him down and give away a penalty Chris Burke stepped up to take it and despite Vasilis Barkas diving the right way Burke buried it into the bottom corner for his second goal in two Premiership games this season just before half time Kabamba won the physical battle with Julian again to get in behind but the defender recovered well to make a block Celtic had the majority of the ball in the second half but really no chances of Note, at either end in the second 45, the closest we came to a winner, a winner was when Ball and Bolly Gollies. It was a whipped cross from him in the final minutes across the face of goal, but it was just inches too high for the stretching Patrick Clamalla. Alex Dyer will be a very happy man tonight. The full-time score at Rugby Park is Kilmarnock 1, Celtic 1. And Jim Duffy, you must say it's got to be a disappointing evening for Neil Lennon and his players. I think disappointing more for the performance, really. They weren't slick, they didn't move the ball quick enough. But an awful lot of that has to go to the, the, the credit due to Kilmarnock. I thought Alex Dyer's tactics were spot on. He played the 4-1-4-1 to perfection. Uh, Gary Dicker sitting and patrolling just in front of you. Uh, an absolutely top-class back four. Very disciplined. Of course, they gave away a couple of free kicks early on in the game. But in the second half, when Celtic so much possession, popping balls out of the box, they never dived in. They didn't get over overcommit. They stood on their feet and they, they congested the area. You thought they were getting deeper and deeper, which is understandable. But, uh, you know, Danny Rogers never really the save to make. And, uh, you know, I think that was all due to the, uh, you know, the organisation. And up front, Nicky Kabamba was absolutely outstanding. And again, credit goes to Alec Dyer. He's obviously looked at the way Celtic pushed their full-backs forward, particularly Greg Taylor on the left-hand side. And they just kept sticking balls into that channel, he, the space he left. Kabamba was a willing runner, a thankless task, because he was completely isolated. But he kept the ball, he got on in it, he got free kicks, he got corners, he got, he got throw-ins. High up the pitch, he got his team a breather. And, uh, you know, he's absolutely shattered there coming off the game. And that's because of the amount of work. If Alec Dyer gets that amount of commitment from his team throughout the whole season, they'll have a very good season. But from, from Neil Lennon's point of view, yeah, I mean, his, his players underperformed today. Um, you know, the, 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 the creativity that they normally have, you know, was missing today. The spark was missing. 
and you know we said that uh, you know you know Rangers the, the, the golfing uh, quality between them and, and the resource between them and St Man was huge well it's the exact same from Celtic and Kilmarnock Celtic's resources the quality they have on the pitch is huge in comparison to Kilmarnock but rather than be over critical of Celtic today I think from a tactical point of view and from a discipline point of view you have to give enormous credit to Kilmarnock I think sometimes we we, 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 we don't give due credit to, to the teams like Kilmarnock and yeah we know it's a difficult uh, venue to come for Celtic as Gordon said only 50% of the games the last couple of years have they actually won here but uh, Kilmarnock thoroughly deserved um, their, their point today and that'll be uh, you know a great building brick uh, for their season going forward Kilmarnock get their first point on the board of this season Celtic have four points after their opening two games the full time score at Rugby Park is Kilmarnock 1 Celtic 1 week 2 and we've already got drop points in the title race 0141 951 1025 what did you make of today's action at Ibrooks and Rugby Park you tell us the open line is here and we'll speak to you next Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard after the action, it's your reaction. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Keevens, Mark Wilson, Gordon Diel and Jim Duffy are here and they want to know what you made of today's action. Rangers got us up and running with a 3-0 home win against St Mirren. Alfredo Morelos scoring twice. Then it was over to Celtic down at Rugby Park. They took the lead through Ryan Christie but Christopher Julian gave away a penalty. Chris Burke converted it and Celtic dropped points on the second day of the season. 0141 951 1025. What did you make of it, Sean in Kilmarnock? Hi panel, Hello. hi Gordon, Dazzler, Chunk and Mushroom, how are you doing? Good. Hi, <laughs> good. Um, uh, my point was, um, the defensive, first and foremost, is actually, I'd like to congratulate Kilmarnock. Their game plan was to stifle Celtic. Edward didn't kick the ball. Um, but my concern was, Kabamba made Julian and Ayer, they were posted missing today. Um, they never won a header. IAR, especially in the second half, there's two, two or three boys come over the, over the top. You expect two centre-halves that are over six foot tall. Deal with them. Don't let it bounce. Uh, Kabamba's running into the, into the corner. IAR's not even trying to invade the guy's space. He's, he's, he's allowing them to have the ball. Um, I just think... I, I just don't want the, the burden of history to, to become Celtic's thing this season because, I mean, you get games like that where... You're a wee bit devoid of inspiration. Um, it was. It just kind of looked as if it was never going to happen for Celtic today. But I can accept that. But what I can't accept is a team who I know these players, like for instance, IEL's been on the team two or three years. Julian's beginning the last season. But we we're a winning team. We're a, we're a team who should be trying to impose ourselves on teams like Kilmarnock. And it what actually worked. Out, that, that guy Kabamba bullied our two centre halves today. Um, and for Celtic to be gone for a historic season That needs to change And it needs to change pretty quickly Well, first of all In summary, that was the worst performance by a Celtic side Since Neil Lennon became manager And Neil Lennon has performed wonders with the team Since he replaced Brendan Rodgers That was the worst performance since Neil Lennon became manager With regard to Julien Kabamba came from Hartlepool I keep on saying during the game This is not Romelu Lukaku he's playing This is a guy whose last club was Hartlepool And he's giving Christopher Julian a torrid time of it And Lyndon Dykes does it all the time as well Julian can't handle players like this And he's going to St Mirren on Wednesday Where now Celtic must win 
This city lives on the bragging rights And the Celtic supporters are going to get Pelters from their Rangers pals Celtic now go to St Mirren And John Obika If he has a look at that game today The St Mirren striker He'll be thinking I'll unnerve him mm. as well And Celtic can't have that They need to get cover in here Because what they have at the moment Is shaking Jim Duffy I completely accept The, the significance of this season And that's the way it's going to be in, in this part of the world But having said that Whether it's 10 or 9 or 8 or whatever Going to Kilmarnock in recent seasons has been difficult And Celtic quite simply need to be better there than they were today To get all three points Whether they're going for ten or not It's something that Kilmarnock have done to them A few times over the years And we saw it again today Yeah, I mean, listen you know, Kilmarnock is a, a difficult place to come and get for anyone You know, but the reason that Kilmarnock you know, don't, didn't do quite as well last year, you know, as maybe did the, the, the previous year under Stevie Clark. Obviously, they changed the manager, changed the manager again, or these things like that, but they're not consistent enough. And even, even the likes of Kabamba, I'm sure, won't play the same against Livingston or Hamilton. Or like you know, you get, a, you get a big stage, and Lyndon Dykes is, is, is a little bit similar. Not not exactly the same, but, you know, he's had a few, a few more consistent games, a few more goals, but he's been up here a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, he doesn't do every game, and these are the games where command will and, and quite rightly will get a lot of praise but there's also the games that will frustrate Alec Dyer because he knows he, he won't get that all the time and from Neil Lennon's point of view it's the opposite he knows he'll get very very few performances like as you said it's probably his poorest performance he's had well, I don't know many games we've been in Charles so if you only get one every 30-40 games that you play poorly still managed to get a point away from a difficult venue yeah listen it's not a good second game of the season but you know, I don't think he'd be losing sleep over it because he knows that invariably that's a very, very rare day for Celtic to play as poorly. Jim, you know the position well then. What about Ayer and Julian? That was the, the nub of Sean's point. Yeah, I mean, again, as I said, they, did, they didn't do particularly well. I agree with, with Sean entirely in terms of in the second half we thought he would play against Julian. He didn't. He went in, the, in behind uh, Greg Taylor. But um, again, just positionally, I think I should have just sat in the space, you know, because again, and, and, and collected the ball. But he didn't. And he, he did make some of those elementary errors that Sean mentioned, letting the ball bounce and things like that, and, and, and allowed... Uh, him to get on the ball and take it into the corners and run down the clock and and do all the things he's asked to do. Um, so yeah, I mean there was there was elements there, but listen, still you know uh, you know Barkas and Goal never deceived to make. So Celtic's other players, if you want to call it the other eight outfield players, didn't perform today. You know the guys mentioned the midfield are normally really intricate, really passable, where the front players are normally giving teams, you know, the uh, a real runaround in terms of picking them up and, you know, shots at goal and opportunity to score. So I think it's a bit harsh just to look at two centre-backs. who weren't at the best today, but nevertheless, you know, the, the goalkeeper stuck was still untroubled. So I, I think that it was just an, an overall, uh, you know, a, a performance that it wasn't, you know, Celtic-esque uh, from the way they normally play, and as I said, that they're, they're few and, f- and far between. So you would you would have expected uh, you know better, but you know there are occasions where it just doesn't go for you, and, and today was one of those. But again, credit has to go to Commander. Want to come back in, Sean? Hello, Gordon. I I, I just want to say, Jim, I'll apologise. Um, I never mentioned you uh, when I first came on. No, Hi, Jim. Um, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll take your point. Um, they talk about the other eight, field, eight outfield players. I mean, that's what I, I, I congratulated Kilmarnock to the start because I thought their intention was they kept Edward quiet, and they did. And and usually, I like with Celtic, 
the Celtic are kind of camped in the, the opposition half. Celtic are usually quite good. They pass the ball. It's one-touch passes and they're in. And that never happened today. There was so many interceptions, I think. Looking at the stats during the game, I think the Kilmarnock players, the top four interceptions, they're not obviously because Kilmarnock was defending, but um, a lot of credit goes to them. But I'm just saying, I think, I expect Celtic to be going to Kilmarnock. Um, like you said, they're not, as Shug mentioned, Kabamba's come from Hartlepool. You, you want your centre-backs to be commanding. We, we want to give nothing away. I mean, the two goals we've lost this season, one, a deflected goal against Hamilton, penalty so it's no an all round disaster but it needs to be better going forward yeah I mean Mark Wilson the the stats they, they don't really mean anything when you don't win the game but just to perhaps highlight a, a couple of things of course football games are about big moments and if Kilmarnock don't score the penalty did they score another goal maybe not they didn't really create much and therefore that's where the spotlight falls on Christopher Julian Celtic had 70% of the ball but whilst that can be then a criticism of them for not making it count, how good were Kilmarnock? It, it, yeah. it was sort of summed up in the end there when Edward got that one on the edge of the box and he turned and tried to get a shot away. And all you could really see was Edward and seven Kilmarnock jerseys. That's yeah. not easy to do. It's not easy to break down. Sean's entirely right about the interceptions. I think Celtic then fell into the, perfectly fell into Kilmarnock's trap. You know, they, they shut. You know the wide areas off where Celtic got so much of their success last week, and uh, have got so much of their success last season. They shut that wide area off and forced Celtic to try and thread wee balls through into Edwards' feet, and the amount of blocks that Power and Dicker um, put in there was incredible. And it's it's a difficult thing to do. You know, you you think it looks easy, but you know it takes a lot of work to get that right. And Kilmarnock did it uh, terrifically well so this you, afternoon. So you touching on that point, Gordon, you said that um, you know. And I, I agree with you If Kilmarnock don't go, score a penalty They look like scoring a goal, another goal No they don't But I'll reverse it If Christie doesn't score a free kick with 70% yeah, yeah, They don't look like scoring either, like score yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, Let's speak to Mark and Hamilton Thank you to Sean and Kilmarnock Hi Mark uh, Good evening Gordon Start watch the game there um, Talk about the two boys at the back The two centre halves One of them's got to go And it's like Jake for the lad Julian He's got to be taken out of the team it took 65 minutes for the manager to decide that we were going to go to a 3-5-2. That should have happened at half-time. And see, after 20 minutes, the lad Julian, after they gave away the penalty kick, would have been sitting next to me in the stand and would have brought on there, is it Ditton, to play at the back and go to a 3 and change it then. It beggars belief it took 65 minutes for their manager sitting watching the same game but it changed that team date. If they don't go 3-5-2, that's the system they need to play. See, after that, as you said about this, the Kilmarnock defenders It's still going to work They're not going to be a 10 They're all watching that team uh, Jim uh, Obviously you look for solutions You look for things your team can do different Would that have benefited Celtic? Was it was it the system that was their undoing today? I don't think so I think there was too many players That uh, were off form You know Weren't at the, the levels They normally perform at You know If you've got one or two players Sometimes you can tweak the system But as Hugh and that said You know If you looked right throughout the team today There was no Celtic player That get really Anywhere near The levels that they can play Not none You know There, there wasn't one I'm not saying they were terrible Because I'm not saying that But they weren't at the real top levels Which they, they normally play at and, and and if you go the opposite side, the commander players were all at the, probably their maximum level. But, um, you know, commander played in the kind of 
if you want to call it defensive third and allowed Celtic to have it in the defensive areas and and round about the halfway line and really made it difficult but no, listen emotion uh, and fans and frustration I, I totally understand it all but as I said you have to look at a, a whole season and they will be I, I, I'll be amazed if Celtic have any more than two or three games like that mm. where they're just off the pace and today was one of them but as I said you can't you can't lose sight of the fact that in, in most of the time they'll come up with something it's one of their players will will turn up and come up with something today just wasn't that day Mark you said one you know one of the centre backs needs to go I'm sure Neil Lennon's in the market for one because he lost uh, Simunovic but by and large it, it seems like he likes these two guys do, do you really see that changing? Gordon there's no doubt about it mate 100% He's got to he's got to be dropped out of the team. He's he's never had a seven million defender like that. The two of them are very weak. They're weak defenders. But I come back to the you problem. Mark. The game, it's absolutely horrendous watching the two of them. Mark, I come back to it. The point they're making all along. Julian and Ayer go in unopposed. They have no one to challenge them for their place. And that's why Neil Lennon has got to speak to Peter Lawwell and say, We need to get somebody in. And the, the scouting on this one had better be good. Final word to you, Mark. Sure, yeah, the, the, the seven million we paid for that lad. I'd love, love to know who who went and watched that lad playing football. Okay, that was Mark and Hamilton. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We're going to take more of your calls. Hopefully, we'll get the chance to hear from the likes of Neil Lennon and Alex Dyer next. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Jim Duffy's still at Rugby Park Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are in the studio Plenty of time left Well not plenty of time But a little window of time left for you to get your thoughts in And if you can't get through tonight We're back tomorrow Chris is on Twitter He says a frustrating day for Celtic But as many people have said Celtic do struggle there Albeit it was a bad away performance Just hope the lack of support isn't an issue The crowd today would have upped the level No doubt in my opinion Danny's in County Tyrone Hi Danny Hi Stan Crooks Not bad, how are you? Ah, uh, not great. I mean, I'm looking at that Celtic squad this season. Um, to me, there's no improvement. In fact, the squad has kind of gone backwards when you consider, you know, Fraser Forster was in close to the team last season. Don't get me wrong, I think Barkas might do well, but I just don't think he might be as heroic as Forster was. And another thing as well, Sinanovic, the big Serbian centre half, they haven't replaced him either. And I just look at the Celtic board and I ask myself, you know, are you actually willing to clinch the 10 euro? Or do you actually want the 10 euro as much as us fans do? I very much doubt that. Well, this city, Danny, runs on very simple lines. Peter Lowell is tonight in the firing line. Uh, it's very, very simple. The Celtic will drop behind Rangers. The Rangers fans will be ecstatic. Uh, and Celtic have had their worst performance since Neil Lennon became manager and the fans are looking at Julian and they're asking questions it was perfectly understandable why Simunovic went he was only able to play 25 games per season on average you need somebody who is physically more durable than that but now Peter Lawwell in the firing line you can't sell the Celtic fans Stephen Fletcher anymore Uh, they are now looking for proper buys to be made Uh, this is not premature panic they are simply saying, look at that squad. Uh, there are concerns over the captain, I would say, and concerns over Julian, concerns here, concerns there, and they're looking at Peter Lawwell now. What are you going to do about it? Jim, what do you make of Danny's point with regards to the squad not necessarily being any stronger than it was last season? Uh, 
No, it hasn't because of the, they haven't made the, the, the signings, obviously, and they did lose Fraser Forster, who was absolutely immense, and there's no doubt about that. But, you know, I think again before, you know, it's just the way football is, you know, one you know, mediocre performance and all of a sudden it's like, you know, the the, the, the roof's caved in, you know, I mean, for Celtic to, to get players, there's still plenty of time. I mean, there's two games going, I don't think there'll be, the, the and even even from Mourinho's perspective, I don't think they'll be saying too much because the, the last two seasons, you know, coming up to the turn of the year, they've, they've done great. It's the second half of the season has been, has been the big thing. So I think that from Celtic's point of view, it's... I suppose you would look at uh, quality rather than quantity, not just diving in because you, you're desperate to get someone and it's to get the right guy in at the right price. And, and, and it's not always easy in Scottish football to, to go and get better than what you have. You've got to get better than what you have. Uh, and, and, and that means, you know, just said, I'm sure they will. I'm sure Celtic will bring in players uh, over the next week or two. But uh, as I said, to me, or the next, maybe even the next month, but I don't, I don't think there's a real desperation. As I said, today wasn't a good performance, but it's happened. Listen, it's happened under Brendan Rodgers. It's happened under. You know, it's, it's a difficult venue to come to, particularly with no fans. Uh, Danny, is it the type of performance that that worries you going forward, or does recent visits to Rugby Park tell you that, that these things happen within a season, and these things can happen within a, a very successful Celtic season as well? No, I'm not disputing that. Um, obviously, these performances can, you know, these performances can happen from time to time. Especially as you mentioned, you know, rugby parks, one of them grounds where Celtic team they go, you know, drive through a park a lot of times. But I still, you know, on paper, I just touching back to Jim's point there. Jim, if you look at Celtic squad on paper this season, as we speak now, and you look at the squad on paper last season, you know. Irrelevant of today's game, the squad is still weaker for the reasons that I've pointed out. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the goalkeeper and Saminovic left, but, you know, as I said, it was a, it was a you know, competition for the two centre-backs and Hughes, Hughes right, there isn't any, you know, they don't, they're not looking over their shoulder seeing a top-class centre-back. I, again, I, just, I, I agree with that, but a top-class centre-back, a top-class goal, they're very, very few. It's like a top-class striker. These areas are so difficult um, to find, to, to get better at. So, you know, it does take time. I, I still believe, but they've obviously brought in uh, Bath now, the goalkeeper, and they will bring in a centre-back. I've got no doubt about that, and a striker. So they will strengthen, but it doesn't have to be done within the first two or three weeks of the season. Um, I, I just I, I don't see Celtic dropping many points, but there will be points dropped. And it's again, it's like any good team and any any team who have been through this before, as Celtic have, it's about how they respond. And obviously midweek they play at Mirren, so it's about how they get that response um, to go and get themselves back at three points again. And you would fully expect them to, to do that. Yeah, I agree with Jim. I don't think there's any panic, Gordon. But I've said from day one, as much as you look at this Celtic, especially starting 11 his strongest, it's, you know, they know how to win trophies, they're serial winners. But I just think after a season, going for 10 in a row, I think it needs freshened up. I think a big miss for them as well, um, especially with the fact that I do think Neil Lennon likes the three at the back and um, two up top. I think he needs to get someone just now, if he's not good, better. Someone like Griffiths back up with Edward. I thought they two looked brilliant together. I thought they looked a threat. Griffiths is one of these guys that can get you a goal out of nothing. It was a poor day for Celtic today, but I do agree. It's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I don't think Celtic will have many performances like they turned out today. What were you saying there, Jim? Sorry. 
I'm just saying that you know Griffiths isn't even you know he isn't even close at this moment in time, mm. and obviously there was wee issues about the you know the possible um, aspect of him having a having a party for his girlfriend and stuff like that, you know. But you know he's one of those players. Listen, everybody knows when he's at his best, he's, he is a talent and he's certainly an asset. But he just he's got so many things surrounding him that you can't really rely on him. So I think they either have to say right we'll get someone else in, or they have to give mm. Klamala more game time and maybe start him alongside Edward to see whether he's good enough um, or not they've invested over £3 million pounds. I mean the boy himself he didn't go back to Poland he worked really hard in the gym he's learning English he's doing everything he possibly can but ultimately it's what it's on the pitch that counts and you know it's hard to it's hard to really see because we've, we've seen very 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 little of him Jim I understand what you're saying about Griffiths here I totally understand that but I think that when I watched uh, Edward and Griffiths when they played together I thought mm. Partnership-wise, they were terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny, what did you think of Celtic going forward today? Obviously, lots of the ball, but couldn't quite break down that Kilmarnock defence. What did you think? Well, I was surprised to see the lack of quality going forward, I must say. Um, considering last week's performance against Hamilton. Um, obviously, the defence. You know, we, you know, we, we know where we stand with the defence. To me, the defence isn't good enough. In fact, if you look at all Celtic's defenders, in my opinion, I don't think they're actually good at defending I mean, that's the funny thing about it. Um, the two centre halves, they're very good in the ball, whether he's in the A or whatever, but I think when it comes to, you know, as I say, defending, I just don't think they're good. Do you know what I mean? And the you take Celtic's European run last season, fair enough, it was rosy while it lasted, but Jason Foster had a big, big part of it. That's like, do you know what I mean? Make no mistake about it. And I think if it hadn't been for Fraser Foster, they wouldn't have had that European run last season. And another thing, I don't think they would have won the League Cup final and have them part against Rangers if I wasn't for feeling the first in there. Danny and County Tyrone, thanks so much for getting in touch. Here's how Neil Lennon is feeling at full time. Frustrated, you know, we um, got off the good start and then, um, you know, we've given away a poor goal from our point of view. And then we dominated the second half and, you know, didn't find the, the answer really, you know, when you. Kilmarnock would to do it very well here, defend, you know, low block and you know, two banks of four. Um and our final ball wasn't great today, so that's something we need to work on going forward. Was it complacency in your mind that brought about your goal switching off? I think he's rusty, you know, and he's a slow burner. Um, he was the same this time last year. You know, so the more games he gets, the better he'll become like, you know. Um, but it, yeah, he's disappointed. But you know, that's not the reason why we dropped two points today. You know, we weren't good enough in the final third of times with all the play that we had. Uh, you, you're missing the likes of Lee Griffiths. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that you're not before. In light of what's been emerging over the last couple of days, is, is he is he fighting for his future itself? No, um, the club are doing an ongoing investigation, and I'm not convinced it's you know a big issue. Hopefully it'll be resolved in the next couple of days. Well, if there's an ongoing investigation, then it is an issue. Not uh, a big one, though, says Neil Lennon. Well, why have an ongoing investigation then? So you can find out the size of said issue. Well, I think he's got a problem with Lee Griffiths because uh, he's tried everything with him, uh, left him out of the pre-season. Uh, then when he came back, he said he looked in great condition. Now he's got himself involved in something else. Uh, not involved at all today uh, they're going to have to make a decision one way or another on Griffiths pretty soon I think because uh, 
He's becoming a distraction Mark Wilson What about the comments On Christopher Julian Neil Lennon says He was He's rusty He's a slow burner mm. He was in the same position Last season It takes him a few games To to get going Well The, the problem is We're into the season now You know Rust and uh, And that should be Ironed out in pre-season And you know I'm well aware That it was a, a A curtailed pre-season But You'd hope by this point All your players Were up to speed And and can perform to a level If he's rusty Well You know Don't put him on the side If you don't think he's ready You know A few games to get better Well that's a problem the, the, Hugh's touching it There's no centre half To challenge him For his position So at this moment in time You're stuck with him Unfortunately I cannot go back On my own saying A draw is a calamity A defeat is a catastrophe <laughs> Celtic have had a calamity Calamity Julian at the back Was responsible for it and now they play St Mirren on Wednesday night Rangers Top of the league Morelos two goals Great day for Stephen Gerrard Poor day for Neil Lennon Quite a day on week two of the Scottish Premiership We're back tomorrow from 6 o'clock Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray in the studio Taking your calls and reflecting on another busy weekend As Hugh quite rightly points out It kicked off Ibrox A 3-0 win for Rangers against St Mirren Then Celtic dropping points in a one all draw at Comarnock Lots to go over tomorrow It's good night from us for now But you might as well stay right there Coming up next, Gregsy's got the throwback